Welcome to the Communicate for Good podcast, where leaders on a mission to make the world a better place come to talk and learn about how communication, language, and words can help increase awareness, revenue, and impact with less stress and more joy. I'm your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Communicate for Good podcast. I'm super glad you're here. I'm Erica Barnhart, and I want, I'm your host, and I want today to talk about constraints, communication, and leadership. Uh, not necessarily all in that order, but in some combo meal that order. In particular, I want to explore with you whether constraints can make you a more innovative communicator and a more effective leader. There's a book called A Beautiful Constraint, How to Transform Your Limitations into Advantages and Why It's Everyone's Business Now. It's by Adam Morgan and Mark Barden. In it, they make the case for constraints being a pathway to innovation. I was skeptical of this concept at first, like eyebrow very raised. A constraint is something that, according to the dictionary, limits or controls what you do. There's something called the predictive index assessment, um, which I we won't go into in detail, but there's 17 different profiles on it. Very excellent assessment if you want to understand team dynamics, something I use with clients quite a bit. Very revealing on it, pursuant to our topic today. I'm a maverick. Mm-hmm. It means I'm not fond of being told what to do. You know, I'm like big picture, I'm visionary, I'm way up here, I have a thousand ideas. Also, I'm like, is that how everyone else is doing it? Cool. Well, okay, let's try it another way. You know, I'm going to do it this way. I mean, at six months pregnant, I started my own business. It's like, oh, are you going to take maternity leave, everybody else? Um, Especially my friends in Canada. All right, well, I'm going to land a contract with the Gates Foundation. Cool, cool. Okay. I mean, this is admittedly unusual behavior. It has served me, right? It, it has served me. I've done all sorts of mavericky things in my career and really gotten to do some very fun, cool things. Is this always healthy? No. But that is a conversation for another podcast. Again, I really, if you're not familiar with the predictive index, interestingly, for the folks, those of you who are listening, who really like the research behind like survey design and whatnot, it's only two questions. and. The validity of it is kind of gobsmacking, partially because so many people have taken it. Anyway, like I said, we will hop down this bunny trail another day, but super interesting, packed with insights. So here I am about to read this book about constraints. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Constraints feel constraining to me. They don't feel constraining to everybody. We're going to come back to that. So there's a story in the book that piqued my interest. I think it piqued a lot of people's interest because it was just so visual. I am 100% not going to get all the details right, but generally speaking, it's a story about Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. And if you've ever seen him dance, if you haven't, pause for a minute, go find a video, there are many, and just watch him dance. It's it's kind of wacky, definitely unique, innovative. Um, it turns out that was because when they started out, they were playing in these small venues with itty-bitty stages. And he had to contain his dance moves. He was a rather like energetic dancer, but he had to contain them to the teeny space. And voila, his innovative style of dancing was born out of the constraint of the teeny tiny stage. This book is packed with examples, mainly from the business world, about how constraints have flourished into innovation. So, you know, 
they say the constraints in the book, they say constraints push us to think of what we do or offer in an entirely new way, offering up a fresh and fertile perspective. And I, you know, that opens me up to this idea. Now, I think you can take this too far in prohibitively resource-constrained environments like the ones that many nonprofits operate in. At some point, constraints suck the oxygen out of any innovation that might be possible. So I just really want to acknowledge that, affirm it, name it. And yet, because I don't want this to be, I don't want this to come across as sort of a just one size fits all. We should all, constraints are always good. I don't think all constraints are beautiful, particularly in the nonprofit philanthropic space. And yet, I think it's worth exploring whether something you perceive as a constraint in your personal communication style or your leadership could, with some focused intentionality and maybe some different perspective, become a pathway to innovatively claiming your leadership and or how you communicate as a leader, a way to like differentiate you. But to be clear, innovation for the sake of it is not what we are after here. Absolutely, positively not. It's innovation that increases your impact as a leader through communication, right? As a leader and a communicator. Perhaps you are constrained by a fear of public speaking. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to go right there to the biggest fear uh, that most people have after dying. As a leader, you're going to need to figure out how to speak in public. I just, you're just, it's gonna have to happen. You don't have to like fall in love with it. You know, if you're going to be at the top of your game, get there, stay there, you know, be leveling up, you need, you need to figure out a way to speak in public in a way that feels authentic to you and not terrifying. It's just facts. So you have this constraint of fear about public speaking. Is there a strength that can counterbalance that? For Mick Jagger, it was his over-the-top dance moves. (laughs) He was going to be like shaking his groove, thang, no matter what. He didn't see, or he he saw the stage, noticed that it was going to straighten. I mean, he was going to fall off it if he didn't like, you know, sort of abide by it. But he didn't let the stage constrain his uniqueness. He actually, because it was so teeny and there was so much, there was such a difference between the energetics of his dance moves and the teeny tiny stage, it like heightened it, it brightened it. And that's, that's quite interesting, right? So what might that be for you? What is a, a natural thing, a strength? Um, maybe you have a bunch of really great stories or interesting life experience. Maybe you're really good with visuals. And so your PowerPoint can like bust all the rules and, you know, be super engaging rather than a whole bunch of bullet points. No, no, no. Or maybe you're blessed with like a really nice voice. So you may not like public speaking, But people like listening to you speak, it turns out. I have seen that happen. Lucky you, right? On any and all of these possible strengths, the fun is kind of thinking about it, playing with it, and just beginning to wonder, right? What innovative way of delivering a talk, a speech, whatever you want to call it, publicly that may draw on these, right? So so let me put it differently. How can you channel this fear of public speaking into a unique way of doing something you have to do as a leader anyway, right? How can you turn it on its head and reframe it? Maybe you have a time constraint. I'm just going out on a limb here. Um, Just maybe, is there a way to turn this on its head and innovate? Loom, that platform that lets you make quick videos, which are meant to cut down on meeting time. This was a response to time constraints um, and also general media malaise. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it meant it is meant to save time by cutting down on the number of meetings that you sit in. So response, innovative response to a time constraint. 
This is also why I created the Wordifier, which if you have not yet played with the Wordifier, go to wordifier.com, W-O-R-D-I-F-I-E-R.com, and you'll get to put in any word you want. Uh, and it's going to tell you if you should use it with banded, use it with caution, or stop using it. I'll let you go explore that. But I created this because for busy people in search of better words, right? Like that was very motivating to me. And so the word of fire is very simple. And yet it is backed by a huge database, a huge database. So if you want to know a wordorific innovation that'll help you write faster and better, go to the word of fire. One, that's an innovation. And two, focus on your verbs. You've heard me, if you've listened to this podcast you're for any period of time, yes, I'm obsessed with verbs. But And part of the reason I'm obsessed with them is because focusing on a whole sentence or paragraph can feel very constraining and overwhelming at the same time. Like, I just, it's too much. I can't. I'm really busy. I just need to get this insert, whatever it is, out the door. So go straight for your verbs, right? Allow the time constraint to get you hyper-focused and again, and if you're really, really time constrained, the first verb in whatever you're sending off and the last, okay? First and last, first and last. It's innovative to focus on your verbs, especially in the, in the English language, at least. Other, other languages are more verb heavy. We are noun heavy. And so our verbs get short shrift. I, I mentioned this before, but I want to come back to it. Some people really love constraints, right? I was working with a client and we had just done the peer case cross-communication assessment, another tool I love to use with my clients. And so it came up that she, you know, she sort of said, well, I'm not an idea generator, right? I'm not a, I'm not a why or an idea person, I'm not oriented that way. But then later in our session together, we were doing a one-day, uh, you know, interactive workshop together to spruce up their messaging. We had to brainstorm ideas. And, and by then we had a very narrow set of constraints narrow. There, there were a set of constraints <laughs> um, in terms of both time and audience. So we were pretty bound. She was like an idea generating machine. I literally looked at her with my mouth like agape because I was just like, these are so many ideas. I can't even believe this. And I looked at her and said, you actually, you can very much so become an idea generation machine. You're just not like a blue sky, you know, idea generator. But give her some like, guidelines and innovate within this. And she was off to the races. So two things on this one, some people love constraints. You know, not every, some of you will be listening, like will listen to me sort of come at this through the lens of like a maverick and be like, I, I can, I kind of like them. I, they like for some people, they, they create a sense of safety, right. And psychological safety, which is really important right now. So one, some people love constraints and two, Therefore, uh, knowing where your team lands in terms of being pro or con or sort of on this love-hate with constraints continuum uh, is super helpful information. It's very actionable. It is worth finding out. So, it's, And it's also, it's interesting to think about this at the individual level, which we have mainly been focusing on that, like how can you look at constraints? But also think about this, like what constraints is your team facing? What constraints is your organization facing? Like what's the top constraint for each? And it can lead to some really generative conversations to ask that of your team. Like, what do they think the number one constraint is? And then, and then have a brainstorm, a conversation about how that can be turned on its head. Is, is there a pathway to innovation? And again, not innovation for innovation's sake, innovation for impact, innovation for increasing awareness, revenue, 
Again, impact, all of these things, profit, depending on which sector you're in. Okay. Is there a pathway to that? Is there opportunity there? Sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's total dead end, right? Um, but it, it's worth asking the question. And again, I just want to say this one more time. Sometimes there are constraints that are so prohibitive that they are just, they're just a sucker offer of oxygen and energy. Um, so use discernment. Okay. But it's worth, it's just worth being open and wondering about this um, in a lot of different uh, moments and environments. So thank you for listening. And as always, thank you for making our world a better place. Do good, be well, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Communicate for Good podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would right here, right now, go rate and review the podcast. Your review will help even more purpose-driven leaders, teams, and organizations learn how to use words to change the world. To find more ways that communication can help you increase awareness, revenue, and impact, head on over to www.claxon.communicationnos.com.